watch some of our videos. I look horrifying. You didn't look horrifying. People are going to look at our TikTok and say, oh, that's why they chose audio only. What episode is this? Um, what episode is this? Twenty six. Is it really? In French, that is. Uh, vingt Anyways, welcome to episode twenty six of Two Servings of Fruit. Twenty six. Today we're talking to uh, John Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you fuck up every name? That's not a fuck up. That's what his name should be. Jambu. <laughs> actually, like- if I was a drag queen, my name wouldn't... Actually, no, it wouldn't be Jambu. What would it be? Maybe like... um, Eleanor Roosevelt. Oh. Keep it historic. Keep it... Or no, Mary Todd Lincoln. Do we talk about this on our drag? Why has episode? nobody done Mary Todd Lincoln for fucking Snatch Game? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Amy, Abraham, you have been shot. <laughs> you should audition. I knew that. No drag makeup, no skills for drag When race. my husband <laughs> was shot in the theater, I was so sad. <laughs> Aw, I feel it. I, I feel myself coming to tears being this character. Who would you do on Snatch Game? Mary fucking Todd Lincoln. No, for real, who would you do on Snatch Game? Honestly, I don't think Mary Todd Lincoln's a bad choice. Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> you can't be a guy. Jerry Seinfeld's character in the B movie. So a B. Yeah. He's pretty cool. Maybe Renelle Zellweger. <laughs> <laughs> Renelle Zellweger. <laughs> How do you pronounce her name? <laughs> Renee, Renee Zellweger. What did I say? <laughs> Renee Zellweger. That sounds it right. Sounds wrong when you say it. <laughs> Renee Zellweger. <laughs> that sound sounds fine. Right. It doesn't sound right. It sounds fine to me. Oh, Bridget. Let me sing Bridget. <laughs> also, you sang Jeff Bezos. That's his name. Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Should it be Bezos? Bees. Uh, oh my god. I'm sweating again. He's gonna hear me say his name properly and he's gonna be so proud that someone got it. Yeah, he listens. Cause he's gay. Maybe that's why he got a divorce. Is he getting a divorce? He got a divorce. Did she get half? She got a lot of she's the richest woman in the world now. Really? Because of that divorce. Wow. Yes. Yeah. She's given a lot of that money away too. Oh, good for her. Yeah, What's she her signed name? on to that. Uh, I don't know. Mary? It's Mary Todd. <laughs> Mary Todd Lincoln. <laughs> we, we, uh, we didn't even correct you saying Jambo. Like they, yeah, oh, yes. Jambo. No, no idea who's on the podcast. So, okay, yes. Anyways, now that we've got the housekeeping stuff out of the way. Yeah. Um, Jimbo, the drag clown, is on today's episode. From Canada's Drag Race Season oh, yes. 1. That's what I meant to add. Well, you didn't. So, 
Okay. Anyways, um, today we're going to be talking about Canada's Drag Race and and Jimbo and 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like most of this episode will be an interview with Jim. I almost said Jambo now. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck! Uh, we'll be the interview with Jimbo. We're just gonna do weird shit. And, yeah. I'm the. We're just gonna do weird shit, and then I'm. We're just gonna pass it right off to Jimbo. No, no, no. no. We should at least discuss. No, no, no. no I want to talk about how much I love Jimbo before we talk to Jimbo. And we should give some context for Canada's Drag Race. I should be honest. Well, we'll save it. Save it. Save okay. it for the pod. Save, well, I was just gonna say I haven't seen this Canada's Drag Race. Also, so. But I know I've seen clips. Okay, we. Uh, <laughs> We're not following the schedule. I'm the fucking schedule. Weird shit of the week. Okay, cue jingle. Weird, it's the weirdest shit that you've ever seen this week. Yeah, welcome to weird shit of the week. The week, the week, week, week. Okay, this is my weird shit. I go first because I, I have the iPad. I don't know if I've told people on the podcast this. My iPad is engraved with campaign manager on the back. Oh my, my god. Mom it my Show it to the camera. You can't see it. It's really small. And it's got dirt in it. It's got dirt in the engraving. I don't even know how that happened. Campaign manager. And this iPad case is so dirty. I don't even know how it got so much sauce on this case. Or Campaign it's... manager. Anyways. Because that is what Liam will become. That would be an awesome job and I would love to have it. Instead, bar manager. Sort of the same. <laughs> God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so mine's from Fox News, as per usual. And um Clap for, for Fox News. Woo! <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, headline is Washington man in yellow dress steals school bus, rams front end loader into a strange wife's home. Who the fuck wrote that headline? <laughs> Everything about it was just like, yeah. They deserve a raise for that headline alone. So basically this guy, he put on a yellow dress. It's a gorgeous dress. Honestly, some of this feels staged because the dress is like comically yellow sundress. You know what I mean? Like it's like two on the nose. If he was wearing a ball gown, that's the only thing that would have made it better. But he stole a school bus. They were driving down the highway. He stole the school bus. Washington has a law, I guess, where unless they they suspect that someone's committed a different felony. I don't know. I feel like stealing a bus is a felony. But anyways, they couldn't pursue him. What? Yeah. I know. Weird law. But um, then afterwards, so they chased him for a bit. Then he steals a front loader, whatever that is. Some construction device. Some large truck device. Construction device. Yeah. Just drives it right into his estranged wife's home. Just oh, so right into it. that was the goal it. all along, you think? The thing is, I read this article twice. I, see. I don't know what happened to the school bus. I don't know what. I don't know where they got, where he got it, where he put it. I don't know where he got the other thing. He just switched vehicles halfway through, so he didn't drive the school bus into her house. He stole two cars. He stole the school bus to get to the construction vehicle to get to her home. I guess. I mean, also, construction vehicles don't move very fast. How close does she live to this construction yeah, parking lot? Yeah, why couldn't they catch him? <laughs> yeah, why couldn't they pull him over and say, hey, I actually want to arrest you? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going so slow in a construction vehicle. Yeah, also, they just completely lost track of him. Like, how did he have time to switch vehicles? Maybe that's why they lost track. I think this was an inside job. An inside job! <laughs> <laughs> You have to add That's dramatic. So cool. Yeah. It's like a revelation. I'm the revelation. <laughs> I love the Bible. Like on CSI or FBI or 
or NCIS or what's it? I actually don't know what the fuck you're talking. About. <laughs> so, 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 it's FBI is an show, agency. It's a real thing. It's yeah, that's a community. Is there a show called FBI? There was one called Quantico with um Criminal Minds with uh what's her name? What's Pri- her name? Priyanka Chopra. Yeah. Uh, Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds is Law a TV and Order. show. That's well, those are also CSI you know, theories. CSI. <laughs> CSI is a show. I actually had a book from Costco one time. It was like one of those toy books, like activity books. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like a CSI investigator book. And it came with cool invisible ink. Was it a choose your own adventure? No, it was like a toy book. Like it was like one of those like thick oh. cardboard books that has activities. Not really oh. a book. You know no what I mean? Reading involved. No reading involved. Yeah. I do love choose your own adventures though. I had this awesome <laughs> zombie choose your own adventure book. That was so good when I was in high school. I used to read it. Oh, my God. Love that book. It was like a zombie apocalypse is starting. And like, what do you do? And it was just did so much survive? fun. Oh, I found a lot of the endings. But no, I did. I did. You die. died every time. Well, you die. That's the point of a choose your own adventure. You always die. Oh, really? I don't. I only remember doing a Goosebumps choose your own. Those are so good. Those are so spooky, much fun. Okay. I love Goosebumps. They were spooky. And there was. Oh, and I also played this video game that was a choose your own adventure video game. Loved that. That was so much fun. Oh, I played a Choose Your Own Adventure video game, too. What was it? Maybe it's the same one. Oh, what was it called? Like, in an office space. It was called The Stanley Parable. Mm-mm. That's the one I played. Mine was about a murder. Technically, any video game is a Choose Your Own Adventure. It's literally not true. Uh, Skyrim? Yeah, open world games, you could say. That's a like, literally... It's an adventure and you choose it. Yeah, an open world game, but you can't say every game. Like, there are games where you just play the story and it happens how it's No, not necessarily, happen. because if you think about choosing your own adventures, you could go down a path and you could die. You could play a video game like Halo where you have one path, but you just refuse to shoot bullets. Why would Halo be your fucking choice? I like that game. It's a you fun would. game. Yeah. Oh, me and fucking 800 million other people. <laughs> there's not even that many people on the planet, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not even 800 million people on the planet. That's so. so true. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> You're weird shit. Here you go, bitch. Give me my iPad back. That's my pad. My pad. <laughs> my iPad. My pad. Okay. Mine is from the mirror. Mirror. You just looked in the mirror and saw weird, weird shit. To, weird way to say. Weird word to say. Mirror. Mirror. I've heard the hardest word for non-English speakers to say is brewery, which is a hard brewery. word. Brewery. 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 Yeah. Anyways. The headline is, time traveler from year 5000 claims to have photographic proof of apocalypse. This uh, is weird. And this is real. <laughs> the man known only as Edward told Apex wow. TV he was part of a top secret time traveling experiment in 2004 and was sent 3000 years into the future. That's really, that makes you think. When he arrived in the future, he was presented with the site of Los Angeles, submerged by a great body of water, and he has a photograph. He had been working in LA in a laboratory when he said he was given an assignment to go into the future and take photographs. What laboratory? In the video, his face is blurred and voice distorted. (laughs) (laughs) To protect his identity. (laughs) This is his fucking photo. Really cool. The photo is real. That's a real picture. Los Angeles is underwater. That's so he sad. He was sitting here just... <laughs> he looks like he's... Yeah. On a park bench. I've seen the future. You know, he could have, though. The thing is, he could have. He said, I will tell you a story which will amaze you, and you will be astonished. I love that. 
Anyways. That is mysterious. I would do him in the Snatch Game. Okay. <laughs> Edward. Liam, who are you being for Snatch Game? Edward. I have seen the future. <laughs> so, <sighs> stop. He claims he spoke with people who live in underwater Los Angeles. And they told him that the flood happened due to global warming. They live there still? There's still people living there? Yeah, that's what he said. Last week, a time traveler claiming to be from the year 2491 said giant aliens with a distorted appearance will arrive on Earth in 2022. Linked back. Linked back to last week. Linked back to last week. Do you think it's real? No. Do you think it could happen? He goes by the name Future Time Traveler on TikTok. (laughs) Oh, wow. Come on, Liam. (laughs) NASA said humans can't go back in time. But they never said they can't go forward. Well, that's just what NASA thinks. They don't know that for a fact. Okay, well, there's a bunch of TikTok accounts about time travel. Lures. So, I mean, I think it's great if this helps people believe in climate change. (laughs) I'm the fucking... We should get this guy out there stumping for climate change. Well, the people who don't believe in climate change are idiots. So, they'll believe him. You think? They'll, they'll say, wow, he's from 5,000. He was right. What, was, did he go to the year 5,000 on the dot? Like, that must have been quite the New Year's party. I think 5,000. Well, he just went in 2004, and he went 3,000 years ahead. So, 5,004. 5, so, he literally just missed the, the fucking... And not just... It was, I mean, like, 1999 no to 2000. No one's partying. They're underwater. Yeah. If they're... People adapt. Okay. We'd probably grow fins or something. Yeah. 3,000 years from now, we could look different. Yeah. Could be a lot more like um, wet <laughs> if we're underwater all the time. <laughs> Much bigger lungs. <laughs> also, um, how do they live underwater? Do they have like straws maybe they can that breathe. get up to the? Maybe the... they developed fins and mated with fish. And... They probably have big bubbles, big bubbles that have like a tube that goes to the surface. And this, and that's how they get their oxygen. I don't need to hypothesize because I'll be long dead by then, and this guy's a liar. Well, that is neither true. Neither of those things are true. <laughs> We're actually gonna never die, and he's real. <laughs> I think he's real. No, nope. but I real. Think what he's, saying he's done is not real. Real guy. Okay. Well, that was weird shit of the week. You know what's weird, though? You know what's even weirder is that the, the city kept the name Los Angeles. Because let's be real. you know, I mean, What should they call it? Can you name a city from 3,000 years ago? Athens, maybe. That's not even 3,000 years old. Something in Egypt, Cairo. Was that around then? Maybe. Could it have had a different name, though? Why would it still be Los Angeles? Why wouldn't it have even language evolved to be maybe like... Maybe because it was submerged in water and everyone, no one cared enough to rename it. Yeah, but even then, language evolves. Like, maybe they what call it Lanjo now. Oh, like, because like, com- like Because the, the, the drawl, their undersea drawl. Maybe they call it, like, with bubble sounds. Blounge. <laughs> exactly. Welcome to Blounge. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, multiple little bubble sounds. Blounge. <laughs> We should claim to be from the future on an episode to get, like, clicks. What if we time travel? On the pod with our ring light. Like, what if we just do it one day by accident? Let's try really hard. 
I used to think I could teleport. <laughs> I used to think that it was just a matter of willpower. And oh. I watched so many YouTube videos on how to teleport. And people would just be like... And, like, obviously it was edited. And, like, that was real. <laughs> that, like, explains so much about how you turned out as a human. <laughs> I would try so hard. I looked up different ways to do it. What I, were people, ways to do it? You snap twice. And you just be somewhere else. <laughs> or you just, like... I forget how someone else even did it. Cool. That's the only one I remember. I should just like... Awesome. And I would snap different ways. I would try just different maneuvers. How old are you? 16? Like 11. You sitting in your room just like... Oh, for real. For real. I looked up how to snap for so long because I couldn't even snap at that time. (laughs) I have to learn how to snap so I can teleport. Yes. Oh. Exactly. That's sweet. Anyways, that was weird shit. Cue exit jingle. This is a protracted weird shit. Cue exit jingle. We don't have one of those. It's just the jingle backwards. You should honestly play it in reverse. You'd be like... That'd be really cool. Okay, great. Cue exit jingle. So it's Pride Week. This episode will be coming out on uh, Vancouver Pride Hangover Day. Yeah, yeah, this weekend, Pride Weekend. Yeah. So it's fitting that you're listening to this podcast. And it's fitting that we have Jimbo Canada's Drag Clown on this podcast. What did you think of Canada's Drag Race? I... Okay, I really enjoyed Canada's Drag Race. I'm going to be really brutally honest. I didn't expect to, just because I feel like the first season of these shows tends to be quite shit, which we saw with the Drag Race Down Under was really not good at all. Drag Race Down Under. Yeah, it was not good. Drag Race Down Under. Everyone was racist. Anyways. Oh, really? (laughs) So, um, I was not expecting a lot. And at first, I was like, eh, like the first few episodes, I was like, eh, mm-hmm. I don't know. The first couple episodes were just kind of like a bootleg drag race. Mm-hmm. And I think like the judges were having a hard time getting into the groove, which is normal. Like, I don't. But then eventually it got really fucking good, in my opinion. Oh, really? Like, what was of, the in, what was the turning point? Um, they just started to like show the queens. uh like more vulnerable. And oh, they, they do that started, like thing where they're like, yeah, every episode and they're in the workroom and they're like, my brother is dead. My brother is yeah. dead. Yeah, literally. And then there were like lots of like Me, fighting like- started, <laughs> fighting started happening, which I enjoyed the drama. And it's like you get invested in something when like it pisses you off and like the judging really pissed me off. <laughs> really? Like, I, I heard ag- a lot about that. Yeah, I didn't agree with a lot of their choices and. Like, you know, because I've told you, like, the judges were so harsh, like, borderline, just really fucking mean, like, Mm. not even constructive, just like, you look fucking awful. Well, there was that clip of Nicki Minaj, and she was like, I hate, hate, hate your hair and makeup. So, was it like that? Literally, though. Yeah, but that was fun. But that gave you something to be like, what the fuck are they talking about? Like, you know what I mean? Like, when you get mad at something, you're like... Mm. invested yeah by the end of it i really enjoyed canada's drag race i agree with the winner even though i am team jimbo (laughs) 
I agree with the winner, like just how it played out. I thought she deserved to win. That's good. You know who won? What was her name? Priyanka. Oh, yes. I do remember seeing that on Twitter. And I, I again, fucking... I did not watch it. I did watch um, Jimbo clips to prepare for this interview. Priyanka used to be a YTV presenter. You might recognize. Sugar? Do you remember Sugar? No. Remember Sugar and Carlos? Look up Priyanka. I want to know if you... Because I recognized boy Priyanka right away. And I was like, holy fuck. Kind of crazy. Like my childhood. I've never seen that man in my life. <laughs> <laughs> really? Used to be a YTV presenter. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Weird. What a weird job. Anyways, just the like zone. a weird The zone. The zone. Okay, so overall, I really enjoyed Canada's Drag Race. It really turned around, and Jimbo was hands down my favorite on that season. Like, I always like the underdog, and I like the, like, weird one, you know? Mm -hmm. And Jimbo was definitely deemed the weird one. Yeah, I love shit like that. And some of their comments to Jimbo were so mean. I just wanted to give him a hug. Like, what particular stood out to you? Just like, they were always talking about his makeup, because he did, like, clownier like we talk he talks about this in the interview how he did like clownier makeup mm. and like now he's doing more like woman makeup right mm-hmm. but they just like shit on his makeup a couple times and it was like eh. and i really thought he deserved to win more challenges than he did like he only won snatch game which was quite amazing. the challenge to like, win. Amazing. he was so good in snatch game see that's what they would say about me when i do my mary todd lincoln yeah Oh, baby, Abraham. Oh. Someone get that John Wilkes booth now. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> I don't really know where to go from that. Anyways. Are you going to watch Candace Striker season two? Like, are you... Is it on? No, they filmed it. Oh, they did? There's Okay, so I know the rumored cast, and there's... um. Who from Vancouver? Geometric. Ooh. Kendall Gender. I think I've met Geometric. You have. She was really sweet. I. At the at the Kimpetris one, right? Yes, I yeah. wasn't with you, but I've seen Geometric perform. Yes. Um, and then Kendall Gender, I've seen too, who's like fantastic. So, that's nice. Yeah. And last time they only had they had a queen from Vancouver, queen from Victoria. Now I think they have. Because on first season, like, mm-hmm. the first season, what annoyed me so much was it was so many Ontario queens, like, mm-hmm. so many, which I assumed was budget, because they don't have to go I truly go thought far. Kendall Gender and Geometric were going to be on season one, because they were just, like, the only two drag queens that I really knew from Vancouver mm-hmm. that were, like, you know, Vancouver queens. Yeah, so there were way too many Ontario queens, I assume, because it didn't cost as much to get them there. And then... The, there were I mean, it's a, it's a plane. A couple Quebec queens as well. And then only oh, two. Quebecois. Two from BC. And so I think when I looked at the rumored cast, it was like three from Ontario, three from BC, um, like two from Quebec, like one from Alberta, like a lot more like spaced out, mm. shared space, which I think will be nice. I want a Manitoba queen. Yeah. Manitoba or Saskatchewan queen. What the fuck? Where is she performing? In the fields? Honestly, she's probably out there in those prairie fields, crop dusting. <laughs> yeah, get it. So, I just I, and like a maritime queen. Like I want to see a maritime queen. Oh, that'd be weird. I won't be able to understand. I mean, the think word. that'd be weird. <laughs> Every time I watch Big Brother Canada and there's the maritime people, I'm like, what are you actually saying to me? Literally, it's like, huh? Literally. So, 
Anyways, that's Canada's Drag Race. Ugh. You should watch season one. It's like definitely worth a watch. Yeah. I just don't... So was was RuPaul involved? RuPaul had like... um uh, he Like Ru mail little mm. sometimes. But he was never there. The closest we got to like Ru was Michelle Visage was a guest. Oh. And, okay. So weird format though. Like the weird format. Brooklyn Heights... Uh, the model girl, Stacy and uh, Jeffrey Boyer Chapman were judges, but they weren't hosts. None of them were hosts. Okay. The, instead of having a guest judge every week, they had a guest host. So, like, the guest host, most of the time I had no idea who the fuck these people were, <laughs> would come out and do, like, the Rue walk and, like, say what Rue usually says, like, may the best drag queen win. That's weird. It just like was it just like just Brooklyn's a drag queen. Just get Brooklyn to do that. <laughs> yeah. Like why? Like I'm like why? Why? <laughs> That's actually so funny. And I think they're probably going to do that. Probably going to do that again the second season, which I don't love, but whatever. Just like <laughs> mm. weird format. Yeah. A guest host. Why don't they just have no hosts like the Oscars? <laughs> I think what they were trying to go for is no host, but like someone has to. Someone has to introduce the... Yeah, fuck the Oscars for doing that. I just want to say that again. Just get a host. Get Tina Fey to do it. Fuck the Oscars for... Get Tina Fey and Amy Poehler to do it. Chadwick Boseman situation. The Oscars this year were just so shit. Literally, even the set was shit. Yeah. The lighting was shit. Anyways. God. Who was it again? Steven Soderbergh did it or something? I don't know. Yeah. Not your best work. (laughs) She got a Razzie for that. (laughs) <laughs> but Canada's Drag Race has switched up the entire judging panel. Even Brooklyn Heights? No. Brooklyn Heights so, is still there. Well, then that's not the entire judging panel. Well, most of the judging panel. It's actually a third of the judging panel still remains. Okay, well, they switched up two of the fucking judges. Okay. Jesus. Well, say that. Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, they said, was because of projects, but I think it was because he was literally mercilessly, mercilessly harassed and bullied on social media. Like, terrible racist situations because drag race fans are fucked up yeah people Um, on twitter god i hate twitter like obviously like he was a little harsh and like some criticism is fine but people like getting so like racist and like it was really bad so i don't blame him for not coming back i probably wouldn't want to either (laughs) uh and then stacy was coming back like they announced her as part of the judging thing but then they said something about getting across the border due to covid or something Oh, she's sick? I don't, they never said she got COVID. They just said due to COVID, like, border due restrictions. Due to the ongoing COVID could, pandemic? Yeah. Due so to like, the ongoing situation involving the COVID-19 pandemic. Or, I mean, I loved her on the show, so I'm sad she won't be there. But So who do you think the other two will be? Well, they've announced them. Jim Carrey? One is, if you've seen The Handmaid's Tale? No. She's an actor on The Handmaid's Tale. Amanda something. And one of them is a Canadian gay. What is Who that? you would recognize his face. I don't remember his name, but like if you're... Trevor Boris. <laughs> Who? Do you remember Trevor Boris from no. Video On Demand? Not Video On Demand, Video On Trial? No. He was the gay guy on Video On Trial. Okay, look up and the And he's the voice of Marsha the Moose on Big Brother really? Canada. He's actually the EP, one of the EPs on Big Brother Canada. Can you look up the Anyways, new Hammond panel? Hammond's Tail Amanda. No just, no, just look up the new panel. Rugal. Just look up Drag Race, Canada's Drag Race new panel. This lady? Yes. This lady? Yes. Good I don't, for her. I don't know her qualifications. She's a great actor, so she can judge them on the acting challenges. But her qualifications for judging a drag look <laughs> are what? I don't know. 
<laughs> but I mean, you could, I don't know, you could say that about. Yeah. I guess right. every judge brings something different to the panel. Brooklyn judges the drag. Sorry, Chase. I don't know who the hell Brad Gorski is. He's a Canadian gay. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Where have I seen him? He's he had the show. He was on Fashion Police, Gay of Thrones. Where the fuck have? Oh, maybe I it's saw him Brad, on Fashion Brad Police. It's a Brad Brad. Oh, I did. I probably saw him on Fashion Police. I used to watch that when John Rivers was alive. Anyways, he it's, can judge on fashion. Okay, actually, it's coming around. He can judge on fashion. Amanda can judge on acting. Brooklyn can judge the drag. You're, and you're have, saying you're allowed. <laughs> you're allowed. I give them permission. And they have um, Tracy. I think her name's Tracy. You know what's awesome? Is, you know what's awesome is uh, I'm gonna sneeze. one hour ago, Brad Gorski celebrates becoming an American citizen. Well, good thing you're on Drag Race Canada. <laughs> can you look up Tracy? Tracy who? Tracy. Just go back to the panel. You had a picture of the panel. Oh. Back. I don't know who that is. Yes, you do. You know her. No, I don't know who that you know is. Her. I don't know who that yes, is. Yes, you do. <laughs> I've never seen that woman. What's her name? Are you sure it's Tracy? Whoa. How does this fucking contraption work? You, it's it, very intuitive, actually. <laughs> Tracy Melchor. Maybe that's you know her. her. Anyways, okay. So Tracy Melchi. What's her name? Melchor. She was the squirrel. Oh, yeah. She's on eTalk. Yeah. She was the squirrel friend last season. And she just like came in and talked to them occasionally. Like Aww. maybe twice the whole fucking season. You know what? I really like her. Now, she seems nice. Now, now I think she's a judge. So I'm happy about that too. I would love to hang out with her. She's qualified and she can judge on the entertainment tonight. <laughs> she's on eTalk. So entertainment talk, actually. Oh. Ah! <laughs> So goodness gracious, <laughs> I am an executive producer on Drag Race Canada season two. I want a bowl of chili. I want to call out Miss Brooklyn Heights for stealing our ideas, our intellectual property. What did she steal? I would like to call out Brooklyn Heights and Crave TV Canada. I won't give you free promo, but you know what you did. What did they do? <laughs> they took our round table idea. Did they? Oh, they did that. <gasps> they did take our roundtable idea that we took. Yeah, but don't say the name of their show. <laughs> what is it called? I'm not going to say it. Queers? So. Queer Roundtable. No, like queer. Queer Table Talk. It's like. Red Table Talk, queer style. Sure. <laughs> Red Table Talk, queer style. <laughs> they actually had a challenge on All Star 6 of Drag Race called Pink Table Talk last week. Oh, really? Or the week before, yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Was it like a funny one? It was a little too personal. Like, I mean, I, it was a strange challenge. Anyways, not the point. That's Canada's Drag Race. And we're going to our interview with Jimbo the Drag Clown. Jimbo. I'm the Jimbo. <laughs> My voice being so shaky. Should our segues to our interviews be more seamless? Nothing should be seamless. No, we like, don't do we that. Like, should we say. Like, we should just be chatting like we just were, like, Canada's Drag Race. And then just say, like, now we're going to go over to our interview with Jimbo. And then we start it. We should just do it like, what do you think, Jimbo? And then just just instantly he's talking. We should just put sound bites of our interview throughout this whole episode as if he's in the room with us. Uh Uh-huh. Even if it doesn't match up. Uh Uh-huh. 
Our guest today was on season one of Canada's Drag Race. They are a drag performer from Victoria, BC, and they're here to talk to us about their journey from clown school all the way to Canada's Drag Race. Thank you, Chase. Please welcome Jimbo. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm so sorry for taking so long and missing the thing and pushing it back. (laughs) So so glad to finally meet with you guys. It's all good. I'm sure you're very busy, so we totally understand. We're just super excited to get to sit down and like chat and talk all about drag and Canada's drag race and just all about you and everything. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you guys so much. My terse two servings of fruit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, now we've got three. We're all we're all fruit together. (laughs) (laughs) To people who aren't aware of of your drag and like kind of how your style, how would you describe that to to someone who might not know? Uh, My style of drag is sort of, I guess, um, it's based in my clown is sort of where I is my connection to performance and sort of how I kind of allowed myself to accept my feminine side and sort of showcase that. So my clown was sort of, I, I, at first through a funny lens and through usually through, um, and comedy is always sort of a big part of my drag, but, um, certainly at the start was, I was always kind of a little bit more ugly, a little bit more weird, a little bit, um, more sort of creepy. And then, um, after the show and a whole lot of critique and a whole lot of pressure and then a whole lot of just uh, desire of myself to become more, more beautiful. I've sort of transformed over the the airing of the show to now be sort of this sort of glamour beauty clown that's a little bit twisted. And I, I like to play with um, just ideas of sexuality and social norms. And I like to sort of have big, big exaggerated proportions. And I like to serve sort of weird looks. And I like to just keep myself and my audience guessing and just sort of ever evolving and ever sort of asking new questions of myself and my audience. Love that. That's amazing. How you mentioned your clowning, how did Jimbo come to be? Like, what's the story behind you getting into drag? So I, I was always into feminine beauty things as a boy growing up, a little gay boy. I was a closeted growing up in rural Ontario. And I just was always gravitating towards feminine things. My mom's and my grandma's jewelry and sparkly things and pretty things and things that are special. And I just, um, I just loved yeah, all feminine things and pink and all those things. And I was really taught that was a bad thing growing up in the 80s, early 90s. Being an effeminate boy was you were, you know, not being a good boy and you were being, you know, too girly. And so I was really teased and all of those sort of natural tendencies towards girly and feminine things were sort of beat out of me, you know, for better words. But mm-hmm. I was sort of taught that that's not good and that's not how being a good boy is and you know i need to be a masculine boy and so um it wasn't until i reconnected through clown and through performance as a clown that i that i allowed myself to be more feminine and um when i came out which was later in my adult life when i was around 24 25 is when i came out and sort of that sort of all coincided with me being personally free and emotionally free and creatively free and and tying in my clown and then really allowing my feminine side to come to the forefront and to become a beautiful drag queen and that sort of was a long process to allow myself to just be so gay 
Absolutely. <laughs> I think, yeah, very understandable, especially at that time period. You know, it's just like, there was so much going on, at, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s as well. I am curious, though, like, so from clowning to drag seems like intuitively, it, it I, I understand the connection, but I'm curious, was there like an inflection point where it was more drag than clown or was it like more of a a smooth transition from clowning into drag um well i'm i always thought i was going to be a famous clown is what i told my partner um i was like you know one day i'll be a famous clown and he was like okay yeah right like how's that gonna happen and so through the show and becoming a drag queen it sort of it's definitely pushed my performance and a lot of what I do um, more towards presenting in a feminine, beautiful way as, as I'm trying to be. So, yeah, I definitely, I didn't always think I was going to be a drag queen. I thought, you know, I was going to be a clown. And mm-hmm. um, I definitely, clown is, the essence of clown isn't necessarily about how you look. It's more about your connection to your audience and your uh, style of performance. And so, the clown is all about being truthful in the moment and sharing that with your audience. And it's about shared surprise and it's about um, developing a relationship in that moment with your audience where you're really, you're, you are creating an experience with your audience. Whereas mm-hmm. a lot, some drag performance and other performances really about presenting an idea or a performance where you are having the experience and that experience is being viewed by your audience and, so the clown sort of breaks down that and really invites the audience into the moment to create um, an energy or a vibe. And I don't like rehearsal and I really like just making shit up. And so that's why I love clown yeah. because you, you come in with your character and you come in with a very loose idea of how you want something to go or what you want, what do you want to show your audience or where do you want to take your audience? And then you kind of give it into the, into the moment and into the performance to just develop and to have an experience. That is a very interesting creative distinction that I wouldn't really, you know, think of at first, at first blush, but I'm also curious, um, what is, what was the process like of becoming a clown? I feel like for drag, a lot of people just kind of get thrown into it. And I feel like uh, clown training is probably a lot different than that. There's, I'm assuming at least. Yeah, clown training is really, it's about, it's about um, the audience as much as it is about the performer. And so you're really, as a clown, you're a conduit for energy, before you know, whatever that might be, you're, you're trying to evoke emotion out of your audience. And so um, I, I can't remember the question, actually. I just the <laughs> I'm just curious, what was like that? What was that period of time like for you going into becoming like a professional clown? Basically, I, I went to clown school and the clown training is all about just being vulnerable and it's about being completely open and allowing yourself to be seen. And so it takes um, just a different level of, of vulnerability to be truly seen in that moment. So you're kind of letting the audience really see you for who you are and how you honestly feel. And so that's a big part of my clown training was um, just about being present and about being comfortable in the, in the presence. And also clowning, it teaches you that anything is a gift. So anything is a, that's a mistake. If you're, 
if your presentation, your clown, or your idea fails or goes poorly, that's, that is the best thing that can happen because then you have to deal with that and your audience um, gets to see you in the shit deal with your problem, which is what people love the most. And that's sort of difficult to do with a, with a track because that's um, something mm-hmm. that's going forward without you being able to stop or do anything. So when you have a lip sync track on, it's difficult to sort of deal with a problem. Whereas when you're just clowning and you're sort of living in a moment and you're singing or you're emoting and you're feeling, you can kind of just play and just sort of see where the moment takes you. And I really love that. That does sound like a lot of fun. Yeah, for real. You're, you're making me want to get into clowning. <laughs> yeah, do it. I think everyone should do it. It makes you just deal with everything with a sense of humor and just the ability to just be a really present and really listen and to respond to everything that's happening and to really share that. And that's what people just love. They love yeah. that. Yeah, hearing you explain that and then thinking about your time on the show, I can see a lot of moments where that clown training kind of is very visible in you and how you responded to certain mini challenges. Like I'm thinking of that first one, the hilarious mini challenge on the mountain. Um, All of that, just so funny. I wanted to ask you about what it was like to get the call to be on the first ever season of Canada's Drag Race. Like what was that moment? That was a really just all my dreams coming true. I really um, I always wanted to be on the show once I sort of saw the show in season two. And I was like, wow, these are my people. This is what I do. I, I sort of did a lot of the things that a drag queen does um, as a costumer sort of before really seeing other drag queens. And so I kind of I made pads and carved pads and made my own breasts and did all those things before seeing the show and seeing oh actually that's what people do and so that was a big moment for me seeing my people and going oh look there's all of these artists out there in the world and they actually that's how you do that and that's sort of taking my natural instincts and tendencies and sort of amplifying that and showing me how that they did and so it was this beautiful learning thing and so throughout the years watching the show um, a lot of people always said Jimbo you need to be on the show and there was all these synchronicities where I would sort of be doing things in my life that um, were very similar to the show with my deadlines and making things and performance and so I I always thought oh I would be really great um, on the show and then when I found out it was coming to Canada I was like this would be incredible but I'm this unknown queen from the west coast and I have a weird name Jimbo it's not this like play on words you know yeah. about some dirty joke um so I was like you know is that a bad thing and um so I kind of you know being a bit of a weirdo and an outsider kind of person artist you you don't really think oh I'm going to be accepted and I'm going to be amazing and everything's going to go my way and that's not just how it works ever so I I didn't really think I was I thought I had a good chance just based on, you know, this is something I love and I'm so passionate about, but I, I thought, oh, you know, I don't have a good chance because I'm also kind of strange and I like to be sexy and weird and do, um, you know, things that are not necessarily mainstream. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of self-doubt, I guess. And when I, when I got the call and was invited to be on the show, that was just amazing i was like it was i was so grateful they would take a chance on me and to believe in me and to say here's this person that's generally unknown at the time i had 1500 followers and um they 
they saw a star in me and they gave me the platform and the opportunity to join drag race and the family of drag race and to be mm-hmm. supported and to be given an international platform. So I feel so grateful. Yeah. That's amazing. That really, not that really to, nice. sorry, not to fangirl, but you were absolutely my favorite on season <laughs> one. <laughs> like you, you yeah. like you yeah. killed it. It was such a joy to watch you. So Thank you. I appreciate that so much. I love hearing that every time. It's just, it's so sweet. It's so amazing. I am curious though. Um, it sounds like in the process, at least you were a little he- like hesitant about their response to you. Did that self doubt ever um, come into play when you were deciding whether or not you were going to try to be on the show or was it just like, it's, this is an opportunity that I have to take. Yeah. So I am a independent artist and so as a independent artist you have to take every opportunity whether or not you can even do it you've got to say i can my first show doing uh my first theater design show i had to learn to sew because i said i can sew and i was like you know you you got to just fake it till you make it and it was the same with the show i just really had to just believe in myself and to really just say like, yes, I can do this and then go, okay, how the hell am I actually going to do this? And so, yeah, that's sort of part of being an artist. I just put myself out there and I just say, you know, I can do this and then I I better figure out how to do it after and make it happen. Yeah, that is good (laughs) advice to live by, honestly. (laughs) Um, In the same vein, I'm curious, what was um, on the show, what was your favorite challenge to, to, you know, to partake in? Uh, my favorite challenge was the snatch game challenge because I love improvisation. I love play. Um, I love character-based comedy, and um, I just I just thrive in that in that 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 environment where I'm in a character and I get to totally immerse and then just have fun and see what this character is going to say and how they're going to respond to other people and so that was that was my most fun was doing that yeah and why I why do you think it took anyone so long to try Joan Rivers during Snatch Game like such an iconic character I think it's because there's a lot of pressure when you do iconic characters like Joan or Cher or Dolly Parton or when there's just so much knowledge of the person um, just out in the collective that when you don't honor that person, you know, like we've all seen with um, Madonna has been really hard to do and like um, Mariah Carey has been really hard to do. Yeah. Beyonce, Beyonce like yeah. do up until this most recent All Stars, which yeah. was, you know, Trinity App was like and phenomenal. Britney, or sorry, uh, Beyonce. So I think it's just a lot of pressure to live up to whatever celebrity you're um, trying to impersonate, or you have to just bomb really badly as them as well. It's also really fun to watch, but. Um, <laughs> And also Joan is also hard because she's an insult comic and we're in a very sensitive time and a lot of her material and a lot of the ways that she thought and um, the ways that she spoke are are not no longer acceptable. And so you have to really be careful about what what points of her point of view are you going to um, celebrate and bring forward and which other ones are you going to leave behind. And so I luckily was able to yeah take my best version of her and to showcase that and i was just so grateful to that it was so well received yeah when you when you're in that moment do you know you're killing it or do you still have like in the back of your head you're like 
like this could go either way or was it was it pretty like assured as you're doing it um well there was a lot of other competition in the episode brooklyn heights was dying for rita bega's um edith piaf she was just you know like living for it and they also loved Lemon so much. And I also loved her. Jojo Siwa was so funny. And there was, um, you know, some other really funny characters as well. But so you, you don't really know. And the, that's the thing with Drag Race is that you, you can feel any kind of way about anything. And they're always going to throw a loop at you and just make you go like, what? So I think at that point I had already felt like, you know, not a lot of is making sense around here. So I thought there's a very good chance that they're going to just go, good one, Jimbo, this week, Rita wins. And (laughs) that would have not, I think, shocked anybody. It would just been like, oh, yeah, well, there you go. But um, I am so grateful that they finally let me win a freaking challenge and uh, (laughs) I got to win that one. I was like, yay. But um, I did definitely, I had fun. I definitely knew it was, I was not bombing. I was having fun. I was making myself laugh and the others laugh and Brooklyn laugh. And so I knew it was going well, but yeah, that you, in terms of when, when you think you're going to win, that's when you're not going to win usually on that show. Of all of the challenges to win, I think Snatch Game is the challenge to win for sure. So for sure, yes. I, of all the ones who I was grateful, I won that one. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about, because I know that there was a lot of just controversy and like ugly conversations about the judging panel during season one and how they were conducting themselves. And I don't want to entertain some of the horrible things that were said, but I just want to ask, as someone who went through the judging, how you felt about that. Sure. The, the judges... Um you know, are there to create a polarizing discussion. And so I think they just, you know, were having a time. They were having their own little time at that time, feeling their oats, being the judgy judges for the first time. You know, there was previously, they were doing it before this time that we're in now of the pandemic and of people being locked away and of this desire for um, a, a greater level of escapism and a little bit higher compassion level and all these things. So prior to the pandemic, when this was filmed, there was, a you know, that culture of reality TV where there's the mean one and, you know, they're ruthless and you know, the Simon Cowell or to mm-hmm. some extent, you, Michelle Visage is sometimes put in that cat category as well as, um, you know, being a bit spicy. So I think that they were, you know, kind of shown at that point that that's a, an, a style of judging and an aspect to judging that's celebrated. And they just leaned in a little bit too hard to the cattiness that is being drag and drag queen. Everyone loves it, read and being bitchy. But I think it just leaned a little bit too hard. And also being Canadian, I think that they really wanted the franchise to not be too, we're nice, nice, we're, you know, apologizers. I think they were trying to say like, oh, you know, we are not playing. And then I just think just the nature of everyone was cold and bitchy in that freaking studio was freezing and then one thing led to another and they just were all a little bit bitchy harsh the whole time and um then the pandemic happened and everyone was sort of looking for a little bit more compassion they were looking for a bit more celebration they were looking for a little bit more um 
uh, not that style of judging. So when that all rolled out, I felt, you know, kind of great that the audience was on our sides being like, they're fucking bitches. But I also felt terrible because it kind of swung to this other yeah. way that was really extreme. And, it, you know, it was kind of attacking and there was a lot of negativity and they were being condemned for kind of basically doing their job. And at the end of the day, it's a reality TV show. And like I said, it's meant to create polarizing conversations. It's meant, you know, you're not supposed to watch the show and just go, oh, yeah, that's what I thought. And that's that's exactly what happened. It's the way I thought it would happen. They, they want to present ideas to you that challenge your ideas, that make you go, okay, well, why do I feel that way? And why do I love this so much? And, and by giving the audience opposite to what they feel it gives the audience an even stronger feeling of like of either connection to something or outrage about something because you're like no i love that so much why don't you see that the way i see it and so it's all you have to take it all with a grain of salt at the end of the day and i think you know i wouldn't change any of it it happened the way it happened i i wish i won and i wish that they loved everything i did and ate it all up like i was linda evangelista and i stoned those tights myself but of course they did what they did and i did what i did and at the end of the day we are all for the better i'm i feel like i won in so many ways i look back and i laugh at the the judging and the attitudes and and they all learn something and we all learn something and i'm mm-hmm. sure this next season when it comes out we'll all see how that has uh, has sort of shaped the the show yeah yeah now that you are um out of it do you do you get to keep in touch with any of the people from the judging panel or i'm sure you keep in touch with all the other members of the cast but like did you ever get to build connections with um with people who weren't really like you know competing yeah so like um stacy and i did an interview together after the show i can't remember i think it was for like sort of the build-up of this next um panel of queens coming in and so um, we've we've had a brief inter you know interaction on Instagram just saying love you Stacy da, da 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 Brooklyn after the show she sort of came to us all and just said like hey I'm your mentor now and I'm a sister and I'm a mentor and so you know feel free to reach out to me and and treat me like a friend and a sister and so she's definitely a resource that's there as someone that's an experienced polished beautiful internationally rec- recognized um, queen that I'm a huge fan of. And so uh, that's amazing to have her as a, a sister and a resource and a mentor now. And Jeffrey and I had two amazing interviews for his Conversations with Others podcast. And we've chatted here and there on Instagram as well. And I love Jeffrey. I had a huge crush on Jeffrey the entire time and so that's what made it so harsh where i was like i love you why are you so mean to me but he he said um that he also loved me and that he loved my drag and that he you know thought that i was the shit the whole way along and so i mean what you see on the show is different than than who we all are as actual humans in the world and so the, I don't have any hard feelings and we all really like each other and it's all been a really an exciting experience and it, we'll, we'll miss him this year I'm glad that he's not coming back yeah, yeah. I just want to ask because they um they announced the new panel of judges would you say or I guess a better question would be what would you like to be different when you watch season two than when you saw season one um I think I think I'm not really sure. Yeah. I'm, I'd go into them with like no expectations. I, 
you know, what do I want as a viewer? Scandal. I want them <laughs> to read these posts of filth. I want them, you know, I, <laughs> what do I, I don't know. Of course, you don't want it to be all like, you know, everyone singing Kumbaya and yeah. holding hands and like playing over guitars and things like that. I mean, that does sound like a fun challenge, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I just want it to be entertaining. I want it to be good TV. I want there to be, um, yeah, to see people grow, to see people be given an opportunity and to just live up to our legacy that the first season has put out there. I hope that they just build on that and just make uh, keep putting Canada and Canada's drag on the map and to keep viewers coming back to our show and our franchise. Um, saying that Canada drag is as amazing it's unique it's awesome and it's something that's hilarious and so I just hope that they have an amazing time and that they all learn and you know step their pussy up and step all of their game up I want I personally I love that answer I personally want to see more west coast queens more middle of Canada queens prairie mm-hmm. queens like I want to see everyone every type of drag all across Canada so yeah, that's absolutely. what I'm hoping for. Exactly. Yeah. Now that you have, yeah, would, you know, been on a reality show, how does it feel um, being out of it? Like thinking about production and, and being produced to be on TV. Was that, What was that experience like? Well, I, I loved it. I love, I worked in film behind the scenes as a, costume designer and I worked in set decoration and um, set design and so I when I was doing that before I was assisting other people and I was carrying their jackets and I was getting them water and I'm you know running in to fix their hair and bring them their cell phone and all these different things and I just kept thinking like I want someone to hold my umbrella I want my special chair I want to have my special room my little snacks. I want someone brushing my hair. I want people to care about what I'm doing. And so when I got the opportunity to be on the to be on the show and to be a star in a show, that's just the the absolute dream come true. It's it's like you're just a kid in a candy store, just in the wonderland of this whole um, infrastructure that's been set up with the stage and the judging and the cameras and the lights and and the music and the production, and then you just get to be a star. It's a it's like every person's dream that has that dream. It's, yeah, I, I'm just yeah, yeah. I want snacks. I'm I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I was just going to ask, though, what is uh, what can we expect next from you? I'm on my house of Jimbo Project. So we have expanded our studio. We are getting ready to set it up so that we can stay here. Um, and coming, so hopefully out of the pandemic, will it be easier to, to keep working on my house of Jimbo Project, which is um, a show we're working on based out of my home studio here which is based in sketch comedy clown and drag and sort of weaves in all the things i've done for a number of years like set design and prop design and costume design and character work and then i also have a number of tours that i'm doing where i'm going to the uk i'm going to be traveling across canada with the north stars tour and um yeah i'm just going to keep developing looks doing photo shoots and just trying to have a good time oh yeah and i'm also writing music i've got a i'm gonna have an ep coming out um early next year oh amazing. wow busy, so busy, busy. Always, always. yeah that's all super exciting i can't wait to watch the house of jimbo project i remember hearing about it um 
where can people find you? What are your links? You can find me mostly on Instagram. It's kind of where where I mostly post and sort of communicate. But I also have a Twitter and I have a Facebook, which I um, occasionally look at. But yeah, I'm Jimbo the Drag Clown on all of those things. And um, yeah, that's it. And then I have a website, houseofjimbo.com. And that's it. Cool. Perfect. Well, thank awesome. you so well, much for chatting with was- us today. Yes, we were so excited to get to to talk with you for a little while here. Yeah, this has been so lovely. It's so nice to talk to you two fruits. A couple of fruits hanging out and talking. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. You have a great rest of your day. Bye. Wow, that was awesome. <laughs> Every time. Every time. That Every was time. amazing. That was insightful. No, yeah, he was nice. Yes, that was great. Uh, thank you, Jimbo. And I know Jimbo can't talk about this, but I can talk about it all I want. <gasps> Don't say it. Don't say it. You're going to get sued. He might be on the show soon. We should mention Jimbo did not mention this to us. So no, don't Jimbo didn't mention anything to us. I just, I'm I'm on the Drag Race Reddit. So. Chase is um what some people might call um, a member of the internet. The black market. Mm-hmm. I've sold both my kidneys. He can't pee. And my liver. And, the, and my liver. Just kidding. I just destroyed my liver. Yeah, I was going to say, no one wants that thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, now it's time for Song of the Week. Oh, yes. I have one. I do, too. Okay. Go ahead. You, you go ahead. Go ahead. Yours is usually bad, so we'll start with the bad. Mine is Fuck em All Night by Azealia Banks. I don't love it. I like it. Fuck em All Day. Fuck em All Night. I don't know why. I, I actually listen- had two, so that was one of, that was, but that's one I'm choosing. Okay, choose the next one next week. I will, unless I find a I, good song in between then. I just don't love it. I listen, I've been listening to it, trying to get into it. I oh, I know what it. your song is. What's my song? The fucking Lil Nas X song? No, my song is not Industry Baby, even though I do <laughs> love that song. I've been listening... It is catchy. I've been listening to a lot of like older music these days. You know what else is a good song? The Ed Sheeran song. I think Bad Habits is good. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. It's catchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My song is Walking on Broken Glass. Oh, I should have known. I should have known. That's a great song. How does it go again? Can you sing it for us? No. Please sing it. No, play it. No. I'm insecure. Aww. Play it. I'm not going to play it. Play it. I'm not going to play it, you bully. Play it. You bully. Play it. I'm not going to play it. Da na 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 na. That's it. That's how you sing it. That's it. it. That's why you shouldn't be insecure. You should embrace your strengths. Well, my strengths. Your strengths, yeah. You probably should never sing, but I can sing really great. Walking on broken glass. Walking on broken glass. I like to walk on broken glass. It's actually going to do some weird shit with the fucking... This is a binaural microphone, isn't it? Do it to yours. Okay, well, thanks for listening. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Did, did did Natasha Jury ever get back to you? Oh, yeah. Natasha Jury's stuff is on the way to Natasha Jury. Where does she live? In BC. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we've got a far reach on that one. <laughs> I was thinking she'd be from, like, Colorado. We might see someone walking around with our face stickers on them. <laughs> <laughs>
You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, we have TikToks live, up, active. Yeah. At Two Servings Pod. Or you can learn more about us at TwoServingsPod.com. Two Servings... What? And it. <laughs> no, you have to say the five stars. I was going to say Two Servings Pod. You have to say five stars. Oh, yeah. Give us five stars. Liam, can Give you just do it nicely stars. for once? Can you do it nicely for once? please leave us five stars and please apple leave po- us five stars in the apple podcast store or wherever you find your podcast where you can rate us for your podcast listening habits <laughs> see you next week see you next this is the last episode before my birthday oh my god this is my last are we episode. gonna do a, we have to do a birthday episode after my birthday It'll come out the um the day after your birthday. My birthday's on a Thursday. We don't post on Friday. <laughs> I do want to do an episode on aging and all of the effects it has on my mental Well, that'll health. be the next one. Anyways, we're getting off track and we're trying to leave this episode in the rearview mirror. That's Goodbye. Beautiful. Goodbye, That's bus beautiful. guy. That's poetry. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.